You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. The Seahawks fall to the Arizona Cardinals 23-13 for the second game in a row. Russell Wilson is held without a touchdown. For two years in a row, Colt McCoy makes his way to Lumen Field and gets a win. He was 35 of 44, 328 yards and two touchdowns. In the pregame show, we wanted these guys to get the run established. 25 carries was the number that we wanted these guys to hit. We're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. They didn't get their 19 carries for 86 yards. Tyler Lockett has a good day. Four receptions, 115 yards, no touchdowns. It just seemed like this offense could not get going. This defense played well at time, kept them in the game. But too much Colt McCoy and Mr. Connor Ertz got involved. He had eight receptions for 88 Yards. We're going to break this game down with Paul Moyer, Robert Turbin, and Ray Roberts. I am Michael Bumpus. Lots to break down. We're going to hear from Steve Rabel. Jen Mueller is going to have interviews from the locker room. We're going to hear players that they stepped up to the podium. You guys hang around with us. Lots coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks post game show. I am Michael Bumpus. I'll be joined by the rest of the crew in a minute, but now. I'm going to talk to the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Rabel, this was a tough one. The Hawks fall to one at four, one and four at home, and uh, seems like the offense just couldn't get going. Russell was 14 at 26, 207 yards, no interceptions, but no touchdowns. It felt like this offense was a player two away from really breaking out and being the offense that we expected to see at the beginning of the season. Yeah, sacked four times, sure didn't help much. Uh, but some of those were, you know, coverage sacks that Russ was looking downfield. There's just no place to go with the ball. Rarely did he just get somebody just run free. I can remember that at least once, uh, maybe twice. But, you know, just, again, no consistency on offense, no rhythm on offense, except for a couple of times. The drive for the score in the uh, late in the game, there was some there was some movement there. There was some consistency. There was a big play, the pass to Tyler Lockett, and then boom, 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 running the football, moving it downfield, and scoring. That looked like the Seahawks we know. But right now, there, there's just other than that, there's just not much to say about the offense. To to you know, unable to capitalize, unable to finish, and then you know the defense again. They they play well for two downs, and then the the third down comes back to haunt them and you know third and ten you can't you can't continue to give up third and long uh and expect to stay in a game and and then drives that lasted four five six seven minutes by arizona you just got to get off the field and give your offense a chance rabel total plays the arizona cardinals had 79 the seahawks had 49 um how tough is it as a defender to be on the field for as long as you mentioned. I mean, the Cardinals had the ball for 40 minutes. The Hawks had the ball for 19 minutes. This defense is playing well, but eventually you're going to falter if you're out there for a long time. Well, really, I mean, you know, defense is all about hustle and running, running sideline to sideline. You know, if you're an offensive lineman, you're not running that awful much in a series. If you're a wide receiver, you can kind of, if your backside can take a play off. But if you're defense, you're sprinting, or at least you're supposed to, because you never know when the guy's going to cut back and you have to be there to make the tackle. That said, there are some of those guys who played every play. Bobby Wagner is out there for every play. Diggs is out there. Uh, Jordan Brooks was out there for almost every play. That, that it just has to wear you down after a time. The big guys inside, uh, remember a couple of defensive tackles were inactive today. So the Seahawks looking to try to get a little more speed on the field than to have the big guys in the middle. 
it, it just is going to take a toll on you. And Seahawks, remember, they lose their starting cornerback, Trey Brown. Reed didn't even play today on the other side. So now you got the two backups in there at cornerback who also play special teams. So all of a sudden, you're digging down deep into your roster, deep on your bench to get guys on the field. All that said, you just have to find a way. And that's what Pete is going to tell his guys. You know, we got a lot of football left, but we got to find a way. We got to find a way to convert third downs on offense. We got to find a way to stop third down conversions on defense. Seahawks had 20% third down conversions. That's just not good enough in anybody's book. Rabel, sometimes you got to tip your cap to a man. Colt McCord for the second year in a row comes into Lumen Field and he has a good game 35 of 44, 328 yards, and two touchdowns. What, what is it about this kid? Is he catching uh, the – not a kid. He's a grown man. He's been in the league for a long time. Is he catching <laughs> the Seahawks time. at the right time? Is he he's just executing? Like, what is it about his play that allows him to thrive when he comes to the Northwest? Yeah, bingo, you said it. He's executing. He's doing exactly what his coach wants him to do. That's be spare with the football, hand it off a lot, which they did, throw those underneath routes because he knows the Seahawks are going to give you those. He knows Seattle doesn't want to get beat over the top. So whether we're playing a two-deep safety or we're playing digs down the middle of the field, you know there are going to be areas that are open, at least in zone, and then you're going to have to believe that your guys one-on-one can beat the Seahawks defensive players, whether it's a linebacker or a defensive back, in, uh, and to get open. And he just gave his quarterback these instructions. Go out there and don't beat us. Make plays, but also don't cause problems for us. And that's exactly what he did. You know, he this was only his third career 300-yard passing game. Remember when the last one was? Of course you don't. I don't know if you were even born. It was 2014. So it was a long time ago that Colt McCoy threw for 300 yards. And he did it out here today. And, again, uh, you, you just you can't win if your defense can't get off the field. And, and I'm an offensive player, as you are, Bump. You really can't win if your offense can't, can't score. You know, it took till midway through the fourth quarter to score the first touchdown in eight quarters uh, after getting shut out a week ago. It's just – we're not playing good football at all right now. Yeah, a couple of things, Rabel. Um, I have a kid who was born in 2014. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, right. and two, man, I appreciate you. You have a, a safe trip home, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. All righty. Hey, want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawk dancers perform up close or catch us live and in person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumen Field Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. When we return, I will get analysis from the guys here, Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, and we'll hear from Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium. The Hawks fall to the Arizona Cardinals 23-13. to Seahawks lose at home to the Cardinals 23 23- 213 I'm sitting here with the guys and I'm looking at some fans and I feel you guys man it, it hurts it hurts <laughs> especially when you feel like you got some talent on the field but they're just not getting it done yes some guys are banged up some guys are injured but that's football next man up is the model we know how it goes Russell Wilson was 0 for 5 with two sacks on third downs completing 35 percent of his passes on third down third down has been an Achilles heel for this football team it seems like you get to third down uh, you really don't know what is going to happen Russell with his second week after coming back from an injury. You expected him to play at a higher level. That didn't happen. He took care of the football, but just didn't make enough plays pushing the ball down the football field. Tyler Lockett had four for 115 and five targets. Everett was three for 37. DK had four for 31. What was missing with his offense, Turbo? 
Well, listen, you know, as it pertains to the third down stuff, going over five, not being really fishing all, all season long, uh, to me it comes down to, you know, not having confidence and knowing what you're really good at on third down. You know, having a go-to play. And not only that, guys, but having a go-to personnel. What do we do our best stuff in? Are we best in 12 personnel? Are we best in 11 personnel with three wide receivers on the field? What do we do best? We still haven't identified that all season long, and that's why the same struggles continue to persist throughout this season. We don't know what we do well on third downs. We don't have a go-to formation or play or guy to hit on third downs, and that's why we continue to struggle. Moyer, at you know, Turbo brings up a good point. We don't know who we are on third down. Is that a result of not having your guys, the guys you counted on to have this season, every single game? You got Chris Carson who's been out. Russell Wilson has been out. Uh, that line has been banged up a little bit. Or is it just a first-time play caller trying to figure out who he is and how he wants to attack defenses? Yeah, we we could uh, we can argue if it's play calling or whatever. Right? To me, it's 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 players. Players make plays. Players um, can make a lot of coaches look really good, and there's players who can make a lot of coaches look really bad. So, you know, I, I think we'll we'll be analyzing this a lot, you know, more in the off season and stuff. I, I know we're going to go after the offense. I'm going to go a little bit after the defense today. I mean, we just couldn't get off the field. I mean, we're playing, you know, McCoy. I mean, they got a 16-play drive. They've got a 13-play drive. they got a 9-play drive. they got another 5-play drive. They, they pretty much double the, um, you know, possession on us again. You know, we make it a, a bit close. But, I, I, you know, our playmakers, just they're just not making plays. You know, I mean, you, you your highest-paid players have to win the games for you. And that's not happening right now. And in the past, we've always said, oh, we didn't play a good game. You know, we usually we're just defending the game because we've won so much. Right now, we're just we're beyond it. We're, we're not a really good football team. We're not a good football team. We're a three-and-seven football team. We're in the games. We're, we're, we're in every game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We just we, Our playmakers aren't making enough plays for me to win those close games at the end. Yeah, Paul, I agree with you about the playmakers. I'm going to defend the defense just a little bit because despite them not being able to get off the field for the most part of this football game, they still sustained. They kept the Cardinals out of the end zone. And if you don't think the rush, I mean, we're talking about a couple field goals and that's going to go on the special teams of the Cardinals, obviously. But if you don't think the rush has an effect on that, you're wrong. It really does. Guys hustling, right? You may not block the field goal, but hustling to try to get there can really affect the, uh, the operation of a field goal. So in my opinion, when, when, when guys miss field goals, a lot of times we're forcing that on the defensive side, although we may not get a tip or we may not block it. So, you know, I think our defense really sustained, but it's so disheartening when, you, when, you, when you're out there for so long on defense because you can't get off the field on third down. But then you get into the red zone and you finally get a stop and your offense doesn't do anything. It's almost like you're out there alone. You know, in the defense, we, we don't have the type of defense to score points, cause turnovers, pick sixes, and we haven't been able to do those things on a consistent basis this year. So our offense really needs to step up the government. What gets the crowd going? Touchdowns, things like that, right? We're not doing anything offensively to gain those mo that, that sort of momentum uh, and get the crowd engaged and get the team really uh, engaged for everybody to be on the same page right now. All right, let me uh, hop in there real quick. Pete is at the podium. Um, why don't you just ask your questions? Go. Pete, what's going on with this offense? 13 points in two games. Yeah, it's, uh, 
It's really surprising um, now that we're back a couple of weeks with Russ back in there and, and uh, that we, we had such a hard time scoring, you know, and, and uh, moving the football. And we just there, there's things that are, you know, the running game uh, was pretty efficient, and um, but it came down to we were one for five in the first half, you know. Yeah, the, the the hard part of it is it's kind of this. I, it's what it's been like, and it hasn't gotten better. And we have to improve. We got to find our ways. You've talked about the third down issues for pretty much the entire season, the inability to have the possession of the football. How much of that at this point falls on the coaching staff for not being able to? Get we got to do better. We got to coach better, man. We got to coach them better, and they got to find their ways. Russ got to find his way. Uh, we got to catch the ball when we get our chances. I mean, it's 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 every everything. But I I just it starts with me. Decisions and throw. What, what's Russell not doing that he was before the injury? I don't. I don't have an answer for that. I don't. What's I don't think. I don't know. Um, we're not. You know, we're not getting our chances at making the plays and and, and uh, uh, the opportunities. No, we, we. You saw us. We we're trying to run the football uh, to to give us some rhythm to play off of it. And um, but you still got to convert. You know, you still got to convert on third down. We didn't get it done. What happened to Rashad after that first carry? In the first half. Something in his hammy. You know, one run and he felt it, and and uh, so we spent the rest of the first half basically trying to keep keep him warm to see if he pulled his hamstring or if he just felt something, and he kind of felt okay and got close to getting back out there, um, but it wasn't quite right. So I can't tell you what, what I don't know about the injury. I just know what he said and what he felt, and, and so we had to you know look after him. What about Trey? I really would love to see him play. I mean, there was you know we were really excited to see him play today and get a bunch of turns. What about Trey Brown? What happened to him? Um, Trey has a, a patella tendon uh, injury, and uh, you know those are those are pretty tough. Yeah, and seeing, and seeing Russell, it seems like he's not seeing the field at times. When you look at your red zone possessions, particularly uh, the second field goal, Everett's wide open at the goal line. He throws it to the back of the end zone. I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't know about the specific read of the play. You're curious about it. Okay, we've been phenomenal in the red zone, you know. We, we Our numbers are great. Um, but unfortunately, we, you know, the first couple times down there, we didn't get in. And, uh, you know, usually it's really it's a strength. We think we're scoring every time we get down there. Is the belief that Brown's patellar tendon injury is I'm sorry, I can't, I can't understand. Oh, sorry. Is the belief that Brown's injury is season-ending? Uh, there's no reason for me to say that right now. I don't know that. What point did you know McCoy was going to start for them, and what was the plan? I kind of didn't know until we saw the inactives, you know, and that, that's when we knew uh, there was, you know, speculation and conversation, all that kind of stuff. Um, he, he had a heck of a game. He had a heck of a game. He ran the ball a little bit and uh, threw, the, threw a lot of balls, you know, and made a lot of completions. Um, he had a good game. Did you think uh, Sydney had caught that or what, you know, that whole I don't thing? think there's, in my mind, no doubt. I don't know how in the world, the way that happened, the timing of that, you could ever, maybe you got, you guys saw it better than I did. I didn't see the replays other than what I saw on the big board. But, uh, I mean, he, bam, it's, he catches the ball, turns over. He, he's, he can't even believe that they took that, that catch away. He, I caught, caught the football, you know. And so I think the ball probably touched the ground. I think, that, again, you guys would know better than me. But that's a... That's a 60-plus yard swing in that in that moment right there with a great play, and uh, God, I think you had to try really hard to want to turn that over because it was it was called on the field. You know, you it, you have to have you know whatever it's called, indisputable or whatever. You seem to put a lot of stress on your linebackers in particular today. What did you see out of Bobby? Just, and Jordan I, I can't understand. Behind, 
seem like they put a lot of stress on your linebackers in particular today with the underneath stuff and getting wide and the screens again as usual. What did you see? Yeah, the screen game, we had a bad one early, but then we, we played a bunch of them much better. And, uh, and the perimeter stuff didn't, didn't show up as much as they've been doing it. And so it was just kind of... There was just a lot of plays, you know, and, and and I thought Colt did a really good job to stay alive and, and, and find guys threw the ball pretty well, and they caught a ton of them, and and uh, it wasn't inside game. The corners weren't weren't that involved, you know, for the most part. In the last two games, Pete, have you seen Wilson's accuracy notably diminished and his timing off? Uh, that two weeks ago, you know, in that the. the in two weeks ago, in those conditions, I, I thought that it was tough. You know, I thought it wasn't, wasn't quite. I, I didn't see that today as much. I don't. Again, I got to go back. There was a couple balls I think he threw away for one reason or another, and I had a couple balls. They, you know, guy got in front of a couple um, on him, but um, I, I don't know that yet. Art, I, I got to look at the film. There's so many things wrong with the offense. Can it even realistically be fixed at this point? In I'm really sorry, Michael. I can't understand you. Yeah, it has to be able to be fixed. Yeah, we got a long time. You know, we got a couple months left. Um, I don't know why it's all. It, it became uh, you know a mystery to us to score points. I mean, that's not even never been the issue, and and uh, we've always been able to move the ball and score and stuff. So I don't know why why this this time frame. You know, it went it started when uh, when Russ got banged up, and then and it hasn't. We just haven't got productive. You know, like we need to be, and and uh, we got to get back on track. You know, maybe it's going to be a couple of weeks for taking a month off for Russ to be at his best to help us and where he can. But we got to do stuff around him as well. You know, we had, it isn't a one-guy show, you know, as much as you might want to make it that. It's, it goes back to us, the coaches, you know, and Shane and I and, and Andy. We got we have to we have to do a better job and get it done. It, it seems like there's opportunities for us, and uh, so we need to take advantage of them. Russ has been so good in clutch situations throughout his career. Right now he's 35% completion percentage on third down for your offense. It just seems like that's been such a hard hill for you guys to get over. Why do, why do you feel like he's struggled, your offense has struggled as much in those situations as they have this year? You know, it, the uh, it, it's just it's been the same quite quite throughout the season. You know, and, and when we were uh, when we were chunking plays and we were you know going first down, second downs, and having fast drives and, and, and moving the ball quickly, you know, we weren't aware of the issue. But um, even then, when we did have our third down opportunities, remember we were, we were, um, we were erratic, you know, with, with uh, uh, our ability to move the football. And, and uh, it's just been amplified now when, when we're not hitting the bigger plays. And so, um, you know, but we're working on it. We're, we're, we're working really hard at our stuff. We're practicing well. We're, we've cut things down to make sure that we have – Chances to get a lot of good repeti uh, the repetitions that we need to count on stuff in the in the game and and uh, uh, we just got to do better. We got to coach better. And we got to play better. Eight time of possession becomes an issue when your defense is on the field as much as it was today. How much do you think that was a factor there at the end when you? Yeah, you I, don't I, don't know, I don't want to go there. You know, I don't want to say okay because we were we played a lot of plays we we couldn't play well at the end. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that. Um, We've got to get off the field again. We've got to win on those third downs. There's a couple in there that that were big wins for them, and and uh, you know that's it's so different. You know, it's so different. Um, that's why I challenge the spot on the on the sneak. You know, just because it's such a big play. I know I know that the chances of them overturning that one, you know, wasn't very good. But I took a shot at it because it's they're so significant. You know, and. Uh, 
when they got 40, 40 minutes, we got 20 minutes, you know, and it really comes down to them being able to convert and us, us not. And so it, it's, I'm sorry, it's not, not a different story. Been the same story in and out of this, this whole season, and we've got to see if we can turn this thing. I, I'm, I'm really done. What was your... All right, that was, uh, excuse me, Pete Carroll, very disappointing. He says, we have to get better, and it starts with me. Uh, that's a true leader right there. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Today's Salute to Service game is presented by USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Visit SaluteToService.com to learn more about how USAA and the Seahawks show military appreciation. All right, lots to uncover. When we come back, we're going to hear from more players at the podium and Jen Miller as well. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Another tough loss at home for the Seattle Seahawks, falling to the Cardinals 23-13. And Big Ray, we didn't get a chance to hear from you yet, but you got to listen to Pete Carroll. A couple things he said, all right? We have to get better. It starts with me. He's a defensive guy, but he's the head coach. So, it obviously, it always starts with him. He says um, he disputed the um, the interception that was called back by Sidney Jones. Felt like that should have been good to go. And he believes all offensive problems can be fixed. What's your overall feel from Pete Carroll after hearing him speak? Well, I mean, just the way he left the podium, too, though, you can just sense the frustration. Yeah. You know, he just it's not like he's immune to the frustration and the fans are frustrated and, and we're frustrated and we think that he's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's just an indication of, you know, just kind of where he is and trying to answer the same questions, you know, over and over and over. And to everything that he said to me, especially on on offense speaks to the inconsistency, you know, that we've already said here, you know, about, uh, you know, exactly what is this offense? What is, what is, what is it you can hang your hat on right now? It seems like the only time to, that you can make a play is if you give Russ a lot of time to be off schedule in the throw and then someone comes open and he makes a big play that way. But just in the flow of the offense, that doesn't seem to be anything. If you look at the first down runs in the first half, they had seven first down runs for 49 yards, so they averaged, you know, seven yards a carry or so. On, but then in the second half, the inconsistency of that showed up. They only had like, uh, I think it was four or five carries for like seven yards, you know. So, so the inconsistency in the blocking, you know, in the execution of the play didn't quite show up. And uh, and so, you know, we were talking earlier about you know whether you it's the play caller or the plays or the players or whatever, you know. Most of it is on players executing, but also coaching Coaching is putting you in the position to be successful. And so I don't know, looking at some of the things, whether whether that's the case or not, because even the play calling is inconsistent. So to me, that's what I think Pete feels too. And, uh, and I think that's what sparked a lot of the frustration there at the end of his press conference. Now, you and I played on some bad teams. Yes. All right, I was with the Hawks with 4-12 Dungeon. Bottom of the barrel. Moyer, I'm not sure if you play on any bad teams. You went to Arizona State. You live life good, married 32 <laughs> years. Life is good for Moyer. That's funny. Hey, you did coach on some bad teams, though. <laughs> Turbo, you went to a Super Bowl. And I, I just bring this up because, one, people have to realize, like, the human factor in this. Like, these guys aren't in the locker room talking about what they're getting into tonight. <laughs> right, right? right? These guys in the locker room are like, man, like, who are we? What are we at this point? What is the talk like in the locker room when your team is struggling and you feel like you have the personnel to get things done, but things just aren't clicking for you. Well, there's probably not a lot of talking right now. You know, there's there's some heads down, I'm sure. You know, they're, they'll they'll go back and with their families and friends, and they'll, they'll talk. Look, I, th- I think it's tough. You know, 
Pete, the reason why he's so frustrated, I don't think he has answers. And you don't always have answers, particularly after a game. And I think he does feel like he, he's got the players. Um, you know, sometimes you, you dial it up the best you can. It just doesn't work out for whatever reason. For whatever reason, this this nucleus isn't working out. Right. And unless you really, you know, if we want to take the gloves off, which we're not right now, because i got to watch the film too. Yeah. It's it's a combination of everything because if you want, I mean, if I if I can't if I'm gonna blame the coaches, then I got to start blaming individual players, mm. and you know, it's a nuclear. We're not making enough plays. That's my my thing. Again, defensively, you know, people are on the offense right now, but there were five drives on defense: sixteen play, thirteen play, nine play, fourteen play, ten play. Had nothing to do with the offense. Of those five drives, sixty-two of their eighty plays, sixty-two of their of Five drives, 362 yards, and 30 minutes. Mm. Uh, so, again, I'm not saying it's the defense fault, but when the offense is struggling, you, you've you got to play exception. you got to get off the field on third down. That, that interception, again, it's just when you're not playing well, you don't get that break. Yeah. You know, when you're playing well, they don't overturn. I don't know how you turn. It was called an interception, yeah. so it better have been indisputable. Yes. And it didn't sound like it was, or at least what we saw. So all of it comes into play. Yeah. Missed tackles on third down. We had a couple of, at the very first drive, the very first touchdown, we're off the field. We're going to have great field position. They throw it short. We come up. We have three guys right next to each other. And it's this is one of those, again, the confidence thing. All of a sudden, I see one of our players, he's got help on the outside, and what does he do? He jumps outside. All he had to do was stay inside. you got two guys that collapse on that. We're off the field. It's just all this stuff just starts piling up. You know what, Turbo? When Trey Brown got hurt, the first thing I thought in my head was when it rains, it pours, man. Like These guys cannot catch a break, and sometimes it's just not your year, right? But – how do you climb out of this? Because you cannot stay here. The good teams, the good organizations, mentally they don't stay here. So if you are one of those guys um, and you're a leader on this football club, how, how do they get out of this funk? Yeah, well, you're going to have to eliminate forward thinking. What do I mean by that? You know, you can't think to the future. We can't think about the playoffs. We can't think about the rest of the season right now. Right now we have to be in this moment. And the only way to get out of it is to, you know, put one foot in front of the other and take each day for what it is uh, because you can't get it all back tomorrow. You know, the only thing you can do as a football team right now is quite frankly, in this business, get prepared for next Sunday. I mean, that's literally the only thing you can do and try to galvanize the guys to create some togetherness to be able to be ready to play. You know, you, you, you asked the question about losing teams and what happens in the locker room, uh, you know, when, when you're not winning. And the, the one word that I can go to and describe for a team, because, yeah, I won the Super Bowl here, but you also played in Cleveland when Cleveland was, a, you know, just a mess. And I was in Dallas for a little bit. Uh, you know, Tony Romo was injured that year, got hurt eventually, and, and Dez was going crazy in the locker room, yelling at everybody. It was just, it was just a mess. Division is the word that I, that I, that I turn to when, when you're in this situation and you just keep piling on losses. That's what losing can create in the locker room, division and finger pointing. You want to blame. There has to be a reason for something, and everybody has an opinion. 
you know, your safeties have an opinion, your running backs have an opinion, your quarterbacks have an opinion. And so answering your question about the leaders, that's where the leaders of the team really have to hone in and try their very best to galvanize the guys and say, hey, listen, all we need to do is get ready for one week and one week only. All right, so now that's that's the player perspective, right? Now, more you've been a coach, right? Because I feel like as coaches, um, you experience some of the same emotions that, that these players are experiencing, right? There's there's an offensive staff, defensive staff, special teams, and you're kind of looking at each other. It's a complete team sport. You have to lean on each other to make this thing work. As a coaching staff, you got to – uh, first-time offensive coordinator. Like, how how do you support this man? How, how do you – well, you know what? Let's get to the podium. We got Jamal Adams stepping up here. We'll get back to that. What happens now, Jamal? Well, what happens now after starting the season 3-7? How do you go from here? That's right. Got to keep going. At the end of the day, we're pros. Uh, we have a job to do. Um, we got to keep fighting. What was going on on third downs today? Not getting off the field. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, man. You know, just uh, um, you know, when when ten guys do their job and one doesn't, you know, that play can happen. Uh, you know, you gotta give credit to those guys over there. That's a great group of guys, uh, well coached. Uh, you know, have a lot of talent on that side, um, and they made things happen. We just couldn't get off the field. Jamal, they beat you guys with a lot of underneath stuff in yeah. the passing game. Yeah. Was that what you expected to see out of them with the backup quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously he was getting the ball out of his hands quick, um, making precise throws, uh, and their guys were catching the ball and uh, making plays. So, Jamal, if you, ex- if you all expected that, why was it so difficult for you all to stop? You know, again, you know, th- those are pros over there. They made plays. Uh, they get paid as well, and uh, – you know, we just couldn't get off the off the field. We couldn't make our plays when we needed to. What's the locker messaging room? in the locker room right now? Say it again. What's the message in the locker room right now? Yeah, still fighting. You know, uh, st- um, staying as positive as we can. Um, at the end of the day, um, we're pros. Like I said, I'm gonna keep saying it. Um, we have a job to do. Uh, we gotta we gotta stick together as a group, as a team. Um, can't have individuals going one way or the other. Um, everybody has to be pulling on the same rope. Um, and we got to climb out of this. We're in a storm right now. Is it a challenge to stay positive right now? No, absolutely not. You know, um, you know, in life you go through a lot of uh, ups and downs. You go through a lot of BS. Um, you know, you lose people. Um, you have incidents. You know, whatever it is, man. You, you know, you go through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of trial and error in life, and uh, you got to keep going. The day you stop, the day you quit. Um, that's the day you'll fail. That's the day you'll die. Um, so I just try to stay positive with my mindset. I try to preach that in the locker room as well. Um, you know, nothing in life is perfect. You just got to keep on fighting, keep on going. Um, you know, sooner or later, uh, that storm will end. Jamal, you guys came into the season with obviously really high expectations. Right. I, I, I can't imagine this doesn't sting pretty significantly, though, at this point, just being where you are in the season and knowing where it sits and, and all of that. How, how do you guys kind of process that at this point? Yeah, obviously it's uh, it's shocking, um, but all the games we've lost, we should have won or we were in it, you know what I mean? And we just didn't didn't come out on top, whether that was executing, um, whether that was playing smart, um, or whether that was, you know, just getting off the field. I'm speaking for defense-wise and, and you know, making plays. Um, 
it's a tough situation, but at the end of the day, we got to stay as positive, positive as possible. Um, we got to keep our working hats on, and we got to we got to stay focused on you know the ultimate goal. Did, did you think you had to stop there on that last third down when they threw it to Hurts, or that they threw the flag on him? Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, it's offensive league, you know, uh, bang bang situation. Um, I, I kind of I kind of put my hand on him a little bit, hooked him a little bit. Um, maybe they called that, but I let go at you know, uh, bang bang situation. You know, everybody has their opinion about it, but um, obviously, you know. Uh, I can't, I can't, you know, have that penalty towards the end of the game, you know, to, you know, hurt the team. So, um, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta get better. Jamal, it, when you try to ground the team in the scramble that you're talking about, how much is the balance of looking what was behind and what's forward in the locker room, the grounding and the message? Well, you know, again, man, you just, uh, whatever, however, however many games we have left, right? Those are our opportunities. And those are our opportunities in life. Uh, those are our opportunities with the game of football. Um, we're very fortunate and very blessed to play this game of football. Um, at the end of the day, we're pros. I'm going to continue to say that. Um, and you know, we got to stay. We got to stay focused. You got to stay positive. You know, obviously, this is not what you know Seattle is used to. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we got to go out there and uh, we got to we switch it around. Uh, we're in a storm right now and. Uh, you know, it's going to take all of us to get out. What was Pete like in the locker room after that game? I mean, everybody is is just like Pete, man. We're, we're frustrated, obviously. You know what I mean? We're, we're frustrated. You know, we want, we want to win, uh, but it's not happening for us right now. So what are we going to do to get out of it? You know, and, and that's got to be a collective agreement as, as a whole in that locker room. Um, you know, and, and we will. We will get out of this storm sooner, sooner than later. Jamal, my first drive, the Arizona had nine minutes, touchdown. Um, what, what do you guys talk about as that is progressing? Because we've had several of those over the last couple of weeks, the long drives that you have clocked. What's the discussion like? So you're saying the first drive as far as like the time in? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, we, we can only do so much, right, if they control the clock, you know. Obviously, we want to get off the field, but we can't control the clock ticking down. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, we don't. We want to, our ultimate goal as a defense is to take the field and get the ball back to the to the offense, right? That's our goal. We're not focused on anything else but executing and getting the ball back to our offense. So, um, we, you know, obviously the time and possession of them having the football, we can't control that. Um, but we can control getting off that field, and that's what we needed to do. But obviously, in that situation. For the first drive, we didn't get off the field and they scored. Does that answer your question? About why you guys had such a struggle getting off the field. I mean, we weren't executing. You know what I mean? That's that's. It's, it, there's no if fans or buts. It's just execution. We got to get off the field. But at the end of the day, they have players as well. They get paid as well, um, and they made their plays, and we did. All season long, Minnesota, Green Bay, today, the other stuff you guys are dropping off. What's the balance there? Of how do you get out of that? How do you not? How do you counteract and be more aggressive to a team that's obviously taking what you're doing? Well, you get a little bit more aggressive, um, and you you attack, you know. Um, but you know, that's that's the nature of the beast. That's what teams are are hating us on, um, and we gotta adjust. When you say attack, do you mean blitz more, or is it more to it than that? A little bit of everything. 
I, w- I would say blitzing. I would say, you know, a little bit of manning. That's what we did towards the end, you know. We, we started to um, get a little bit more aggressive with it um, and, and, you know, attack them uh, at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I, I look back on my play that I that – I, it was a bonehead play. Uh, it was first down. I should have been down in the C-gap a little bit closer. We was in a man. They ran the ball. I just – you know, just situational football, first and second down, just knowing – Knowing the you know the situation, and I knew that um, that was a bonehead mistake. Obviously, gave up gave up like five on that run. Um, I could have you know been in my gap to to slow that down and prevent that. But you know just little things like that. We got to get better, myself included. You know what I mean? And uh, we're in this together. You know it's not an individual game. Uh, it's a team game. Um, and you know I like us always. How much time was spent during the week preparing for Colt McCoy to be their quarterback? How much what? Time during the week. Like how much did you game plan for Colt? I mean, we game plan for everybody every week, so uh, it's countless, countless hours. Is it difficult to do this right here? No, Absolutely not. No, no. Nope. Because, you know, there's, there's no point in running from it. You know what I mean? You got to attack it. You know, and like I said, in, in life, you know, if something goes wrong, you don't run from adversity. You attack it. So, um, you know, for me, uh, I've been through a lot over the course of my career. Um, so I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shying away from anybody. Um, at the end of the day, this is this is my job. This is what I, I asked to do at a young age. Um, when I was just three years old running around, um, I, I've always wanted to do this. So, um, you know, to be successful uh, in, in this game of football, you have to, you know, sometimes come up and do hard things and things that make you uncomfortable. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine, man. I'm doing I'm doing all right. Why should people outside of the locker room believe in, that the Seahawks can turn this around? That's a great question. Um, I think that, you know, they should believe uh, because you can never leave. You can never lose uh, belief in something um, as far as, you know, a team or organization. Um, this is it's a great group of guys that's fighting for for one purpose, um, you know, each and every week, every day, a lot of sacrifice. Um, we're going to turn it around. You know, uh, do I know when? No, I'm not. I'm not that guy. Uh, but we, we will turn it around. Um, you know, it's, it's just about taking those steps each and every day. And, and you know, for the outside, obviously we can't we can't control the outside noise and, and who believes in us. Um, but I like us. I believe in us. Um, we believe in each other. You know what I mean? And, and that's really what matters. You know, at the moment, it's not really what matters. What 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 other people are kind of thinking about us right now? Because that's when you get into feeding into that. That's where you lose focus on the real goal. So the 53 man roster, the team, the the practice players. Um, the coaching staff, the training staff, the equipment staff—we all believe in one goal, and that's winning. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna continue to do what we do, and we're not we're not gonna waver. We're not gonna listen to the outside noise. Obviously, it's gonna come. It comes with it. You know, when you're not successful, it, it just happens. It's it's the, it's the NFL, right? It's the game of sports. So, we just gotta keep our foot on the gas and and, and continue to work, um, and that's where we can go for, go for there. Thanks, Jamal. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, that was safety Jamal Adams stepping up to the podium. Hey, Moyer, before he stepped on, we kind of were leading down the path, and he mentioned something. He goes, look, we're in a storm right now. Uh, actually, let's stop that. Let's listen to Jordan Brooks. He's at the podium. Jordan, at what point did you know McCoy would start today and what was the plan against him? Uh, kind of suspected it all week. You know, we knew that they had a bye week uh, after this game, and so – we thought maybe they wanted to hold Kyler back. So we were kind of prepared for both quarterbacks. <clears throat> what was he able to do well today?
he extended plays, you know. He did a good job. You got to give him credit. Um, and we got to execute better on our part, you know. He got out of pocket a couple times and extended plays and made plays. How much of a missed opportunity does this feel like when you face a team without its starting quarterback, without its number one receiver? Yeah, it's a missed opportunity for sure. Regardless who was playing quarterback, you know, we lost. And so every game is an opportunity to win, and we didn't do that. What's the answer to all the drop-offs and short passes that are covered in the teams that you work on here? How do you counteract that? The short passes? Yeah, I think you're covered. Yeah, we want to stay deep, and so, you know, make sure we don't give anything over the top and then rally to the short passes. What was Pete like after the, the game? Uh, just like everybody else, upset, um, disappointed. Um, he got as many, as much talent that we have on this roster. You know, it's kind of it's disappointing. You know, and so, just like everybody else, you know. But we got to keep going, and um, I still think there's hope. I'm still optimistic. Jamal was just saying something. You know, still believes in the team. What gives you guys belief that the turn's coming? Well, we got too many guys. You know. That's why, uh, I mean, I'm upset, but I'm, I'm still hopeful because we got too many guys, you know. We got future Hall of Famers, all pro, pro bowlers, all across across this roster, you know. It's just a matter of time, you know, before we all, we put it together and go out there and get a win and get going. How do you personally feel like you played today? I thought I played good and I had some plays that uh, I wish I could take back. Um. Penalty down there, even though it got offset, I felt like if I was in better position, I could have got my head around and made a, you know, a great play. Um, and then a couple, couple plays there in the trenches, but, you know, we always talk about accountability. Accountability, and um, I'm gonna start with myself, watch the tape, anything that I uh, feel like I let the team down on, I'm gonna get it corrected. Was it a tough swing when they reversed the Sydney interception there? Yeah, that one hurt. Um, I thought that. It's going to be a momentum change right there, get our offense right there, right down there in position to score. Um, you know, we wished we could have had that one, but we didn't. We talked to you about the, the screen passes and recognizing those. How do you feel like you did in that aspect today? Uh, uh, me, yeah. I thought I did good. I uh, thought I saw it better today. You know, it was just the emphasis this week, you know. We know they're going to run screens. And, you know, Coach Kingsbury was my coach in college, and, um, I knew that one thing about him was that he liked he loved running screens, and so I was on alert for it most of the game, and I uh, thought I did a good job there. All right, that was Jordan Brooks, 15 tackles in one tackle for loss. Want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or catch us live and in person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumen Field Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. Okay, when we return, we'll hear from more players. We'll get analysis from my guys here. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. The Hawks fall to the Cardinals 23-13, fellas. Now, we've gotten to hear from Pete Carroll, Jamal Adams, and Jordan Brooks. The tone is all the same. These guys did not expect to be 3-7, and seven, but there is a message that's being sent. It's just to stay positive. And what else can you do in this situation? 
I mean, what is pointing fingers and beating yourself up going to do? You got to be positive. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to look at the film. You got to critique and correct. The thing is, critiques and corrections happens when you win. Right. Right. That, that's part of the deal. Now, there might be more now that you're losing, but that's just part of being a professional. So, so far, three for three, I think I agree with the approach of the team so far. Yeah, well, you, you asked us earlier about being on losing teams, and so Paul was on, was the coach of one of the teams, <laughs> the losingest team I've ever been on was the Seahawks. <laughs> we're 2-14, and 14, and it wasn't because of our defense. Our offense was terrible. We, we averaged like eight points a game. And, uh, but the difference between that offense and this one is that this offense has some dogs on it. I mean, you have, you know, look at the guys across the line with, you know, you got uh, Lewis and Jackson and Dwayne Brown and the receivers. You got you know, maybe the best, you know, arguably one of the best tandems in the league. And so there's, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, the future Hall of Famer, Chris Carson before he went out. So there's a lot of uh, pieces on this team that kind of make you wonder, like, why it's not working. And so the only thing I can think of is just the newness of it all. You have a new offensive coordinator. You have new plays to call. Uh, is a, you know, we spent all last season doing this kind of virtual distancing thing. Now it's, you know, getting back around each other. Uh, you have different guys on the offensive line that are moving around at different places. Uh, you have a new, a new tight end. Like, all these different kinds of things that are kind of this newness. And the newness is a breeding ground for inconsistency. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so you, you would think that all the pieces that you have could overcome, you know, th- those uh, that inconsistency, but they haven't. And uh, and part of that is because it it seems as if there's a the offense has a bunch of pieces on the field. They have all the pieces they need to succeed, but the, the those pieces haven't quite found the 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 unity part of it, where they're working as eleven people as one in conjunction with the with the play caller. So this idea of round. Our identity is this one thing for one half. It's a different identity for the second half. Like we're we're kind of you know this type of you know passing team. We're this this type of running team. We're neither one of those. So there's a lot of inconsistency all the way across the board. And so it's uh you you have all the pieces. And then the other part is you know after every game we hear hey we got to get better. We got to go back finding things to improve. Well either your the things that you need to improve on you haven't quite found the right things to create the improvement. Or oh, that's just a hell of a lot of things that you hmm. d- that are just broken and that you need to fix, and that makes it that that that's why I think you know not having answers, no one you know, you don't have an answer for it all. All right, Morris. So what are we doing? We're coaches right now. I got my coach's hat on. I got a Seahawks hat on. I got to fit it on. All right. So what are we doing? Are we going out to have some drinks? Are we talking this over? Are we staying late at VMAC? Are we watching film together? What's the approach of the coaches in moments like this when your team is three and seven? Well, I don't know if they're going to go out drinking tonight. <laughs> I think it's it's hunker down, go home, and be around your loved ones. Reflect. I mean, it is what it is. We're three and seven, and we can make all excuses in the world. I, I wrote a couple things down. I my first thought was, what if we were getting blown out? You know, by twenty plus points because there's a lot of teams get blown out by twenty plus. We never do. We're always in the game. You know, so there's a there's a frustration. I've never been on a plane. I've never been a player on a losing team. But I've been on a team where the expectations were high. And we've been Super Bowl contenders, and we didn't make the playoffs. And there's a ton of uh, um, frustration with that and finger-pointing. And you do. you got to grab it, you know, early. And, and see, this this thing's not over. I mean, it's three and seven. We're just looking at where we are, this snapshot right now. Turbo, you said it at one point. You go, you go well, it's going to be hard to make the playoffs. And my first thought was, playoffs? <laughs> but playoffs. That, But that's his – you know, mindset is that it's not over. You know, winners don't 
quit. I mean, you, you just keep, keep plugging along. But I'm going to go to Jamal Adams. Uh, the one thing, uh, it's the little things. And it, I know, you guys, it feels like it's a bunch of big things. It's the little things. We drop back-to-back passes. One was a seam route to uh, DK Metcalf. Boom, come right back to Disley. That would have been a first down, by the way. Drops that. Those are the little things. We have, we're on third down twice. Down by the goal line. We're off the field. They're going to kick field goals. They call P.I. on us. I thought both of them were kind of not good. But those are the little things. Instead of us getting off the field, they got touchdowns and also more time as well. Um, Back back to P.I.s. Oh, the the interception, that was reversed. Man, it's it's a little things, but those all add up, and it starts getting huge along the way so don't have a lot of answers I, I just don't i think it's more frustration i'm gonna go home i'm gonna hunker down with my family i'm gonna get up early tomorrow i'm gonna start looking at the film like i do every single week i'm gonna get the guys and i said guys as always here's the corrections we, we just got to continue to get better maybe we go on a magical run you know we as you said we got talent we just got to find a way to close games and that's been the frustrating part this year i think that's what what's important is that we look at this team they look at this team, and you see Bobby, you see Russell, you see DK, you see Lockett, you see Dwayne, um, you see Jamal, you see Diggs. You're like, why aren't we successful, right? Because we have the pieces to be successful. Um, and I think it's about just being honest with yourself at this point as well, even if you are – even if you feel like you've had a good game, you've had two or three games. There, guarantee there's somebody on this team who's like, man, I played good these last two games, man. Like, right. like mm. But this is football. This is 11 versus 11. This ain't five on five. Your point guard has the ball. He's going to control the game. It's like, okay, what can I do to make this team better? Turbo, how transparent are these conversations? Do I, I mean, do you beat around the bush with some guys? Are you are you confrontational? Like, wow. what are, what are these conversations like in these moments? Yeah, but you know what? That's a f- really fantastic question because it's really going to depend on the individual fact of the matter is not everybody is honest and transparent some people do beat around the bush man and the ones who beat around the bush on a consistent basis are usually the ones who don't get it turned around individually and the teams who beat around the bush are normally the teams who don't find a way to find that connectivity and be able to turn a three and seven season around into a potential playoff year if you want to be successful Honesty is always the route to go, right? Being transparent, holding each other accountable, whether it's via us players, players only meetings, we hear about those things, and or the coaches, coaches to coaches, players to players, players to coaches. We hear this thing all the time. Not not every player gets treated the same, you know, but each player should have the same amount of transparency as the next so you know in order to get this thing turned around the way it needs to go transparency is definitely something that we're going to need honesty treat it like a marriage tell the truth and deal with the consequences <laughs> country music superstar luke Combs' stadium tour 2022 is coming to lumen field on saturday june 4th special guests includes cody johnson zach bryan and morgan wade grab your tickets today at lumenfield.com when we return we will hear from tyler lockett as he steps up to the podium that is next. Your Seahawks lose to the Cardinals 23-13. to 13. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus hanging out with the fellas. Right now, let's go to Tyler Lockett. He's at the podium. 75, 80 yards every single time we get the ball instead of being able to put ourselves in position to control the field as well, you know, in this game of football. 
when you Try look to... at the third down, uh, when you look at your guys' third down, either on tape or when you're out there, what are you seeing? What's the problem? Uh, I mean, honestly, man, like, all these teams is not playing what they play on field. Like, they're literally not. So it's hard to be able to get ready because you don't know what you're going to get. Every time you go against a team, they might play all man-to-man, you know, their whole entire seven, eight games, and then they turn around and play us, and they don't play man once. So it's like, you know, when you're looking at what teams are doing consistently week in and week out, it's like nobody's doing that against us. And so we have to be able to, like I said, I keep saying adjust because we have to be able to understand what teams are doing. And once we finally figure out the game plan, that's when we're able to get things moving. And so that's that's the thing that, you know, we're all trying to figure out and we're all trying to learn because teams are just throwing out different coverages. And, you know, when you're getting ready for a week and you're seeing what they're doing consistently and this is what we're planning for and they're not doing any of the stuff that they normally do, you know, you, you got to be able to figure things out faster. Yes. Is that, sorry, I'm just getting, I thought you were done. Uh, is that a new issue that hasn't cropped up in previous seasons? Where oh, yeah, they did that last year. You know, that's just, you know, and that's the thing. Like, teams play different ways. And that's why I said the biggest thing is um, for us that I've learned just in general as a player is be able to watch your film but also be able to know what teams, you know, try to try to play chess, right? Like figure out what could stop you and figure out what teams are doing to try to stop you. That way you can have an idea of like what we can do to be able to make things better because we can be able to have a great week of practice. We can be able to know what what defense they're going to play, all that type of stuff. But we also have to be able to understand that in the game, you know, what we're seeing, if it's different than what it is that we know as players, then we got to be able to like adapt to what it is that they're showing us. So that's why I say that's the biggest thing. That's what that's the biggest thing with us being able to convert third downs. That's the biggest thing with us being able to move the ball forward. It's just being able to see like what are they playing and what do we need to do to beat it. And the faster that we can learn that, if we can be able to learn that as players faster in the second quarter or the first quarter, then the whole entire game will look different. You say that that teams are showing you new things on third down. Is it things that you no? They're showing us new things. Period. Okay. (laughs) Like in the whole game, it's not. There's some stuff that you know they're playing that's similar, but there's other things that they're throwing out there just in the game that's different than what they're used to playing in general. I know in the second half of last season when your offense had its issues, it was, you, you were facing a lot more too deep safeties. How does it, How much do you feel like you're seeing that now compared to that? I mean, we still see too deep safeties and stuff like that, but you know, slowly but surely, I think we're doing a, a way better job being able to run the ball, being able to get those yards to where we're in second and two, to where we are at third and four. We're getting everything that we want. You know, the biggest thing is just us being able to get over that hump of once we get to the sticks and we move it, we move the ball to another first down, we're one of the best teams when it comes to first and second down. And so if we can be able to stay true to being the best team on first and second down, and if we can get better each week on third down, then we look like a whole different team. But when you're not getting the third downs and you're one of the best on first and second down, then you know, we never get a chance to see those first and second downs again because it's like we got to get the first on first or second. So if we can be able to get to a place where we understand our identity on third down, it'll put us in a better position so that way we can be able to move the sticks 
hold the ball, be able to control the game, control the tempo, whatever we need to do to put ourselves in the best situation to win. Tyler, help me understand why it's so difficult to adjust on third down. I mean, you guys have experienced players, experienced quarterback. Why is this such a struggle? Um, well, what I said was more so for first and second and third down. You know, but third down, we're just not making the plays. I mean, we're just not making the plays to be able to move the sticks and get the third downs. And, I mean, you know, I don't know teams' game plans. I'm not out there watching AD tackles and DNs and seeing what it is that they're doing. I'm, you know, running my route, like doing what's called. And so all you can be able to do is your job. But as players, it's our job to be able to bring the play to life and being able to make the plays happen. And so, like I said, like, <clears throat> I think, like, you know, we just got to continue to communicate and seeing what it is that we're seeing out there on defense. That way we're able to be in the best situations to be able to make plays happen. I don't really think, you know, it's a big issue. I just think the biggest thing is when we watch film, we see what's there. It's just us being able to make those plays so we can move the sticks. Tyler, I think these numbers probably go hand in hand, but you mentioned third downs, the time of possession, the lack of just pure offensive plays you're running on a week in and week out basis. How how frustrating is it at this point that it continues to go down this road on a week, weekly run and you guys haven't been able to shake that? Uh, it's very frustrating. I mean, Pete said it best. It's hard when... You know, we have a great week each week, and it's not like he's just saying that. It's like we are having a great week, but then we come out here, and it's like you're getting the same results. And so it's, you know, it's something that does challenge you as a man, and you got to be able to keep on grinding and keep uh, moving forward, doing whatever you need to do to be able to turn things around because, you know, things happen. And sometimes you don't ever have to experience this stuff, and sometimes you do. But they always say the hard times challenges you and really shows you who you are. You know, that's what adversity does. Everybody can be great when things are going great. Like, but who you are as a human being, who you are as a man, when things aren't really going your way, like, how do you respond? Like, are you talking about people? Are you saying this? Are you saying that? Like, that's what it really comes down to when things like that is happening. But it is frustrating. You know, I think everybody's tired of losing, you know, but... For us, we got to be able to learn from it and be able to figure out what it is that we need to do to not experience these same results, you know, every time that we're playing. Tyler, so if I got this right, so on the on the adjustments and the communication as a unit, should that be happening in the huddle when you get up to the line, or is it all of those things, the adjustment of what the defense is doing? I think it's just all of us, just in general, like, when like not every team is going to run what you see out there. And so we just got to be able to communicate on all levels, you know, like especially for me, like sometimes I get caught just watching the game. Like I'm on the sideline waiting to go back in. But it's a difference between watching the game and waiting to go back in and understanding that at times you might need to go vocalize and talk to people and see what they're seeing and talk about the coverages that you see rather than, you know, all of us just trying to do it as individuals. I think the biggest thing is the more we communicate as a unit, the better it'll help each and every one of us as a whole on what it is that we're trying to accomplish as we're moving the ball. But, you know, the biggest thing, I think, going back to your question, the biggest thing is, you know, we've, we've, we have been doing good um, this whole season with explosives, but we have to be able to learn how to be able to play when those explosives aren't at hand. And that's the thing that, you know, we got to be able to do is control the game, control the clock, 
whatever it is that we want to do, that's what needs to be done. And so I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, we got to work on, that we got to be consistent at because, you know, it's it's now or never. You know, we're in a place where you got to win every game, you know, to even have a chance. And so, like, you know, for us, if anybody could do it, I think it's us. You know, I've been here for a long time. I've been seeing some crazy things play out. And so, I mean, anything can happen. And, I mean, it's really just about what story do we want to tell, you know, as the team going into this year. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks. Thank you. That was Tyler Lockett. Four catches, 115 yards. Had a decent day, but comes with a loss. All right, say 12s. Join me and executive producer Nasa Chobi as we get you covered on the Hawk Talk podcast twice a week. Dive into the key matchups and the Seahawks' next opponent, then relive how it all went down the day after each Seahawks game. Listen to all the latest podcasts on Seahawks.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Okay, when we return, we will hear from Sidney Jones and DJ Dallas. They're standing by with Jamila. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks suffer a tough lo- a tough loss at home, 23-13 to to the Cardinals. Right now, we got Russell Wilson, who's just stepped up to the podium. It's going to be possible too, and so um, that's 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 what we realize. It's still possible, you know. And so for us, I think you have to have the right mindset. You have to have the right belief. Um, there is no other. There is no other thought and other choice. How do you how do you explain the, the issues on third down? I know it's kind of been an issue all year, but today it kind of really stood out too. Yeah, we had a few third and longs. They made a couple of good plays um, on a couple of situations. You got to look at it. I think. Um, you know, uh, I think the biggest thing for us is, is that we just got to find ways. You know, third down is all about making plays and finding a way, you know. And um, I think that's really what it is. So we got to find, figure out what that is, figure out how to do it. And it takes uh, a couple more third downs a game, you know, conversion. That's really what it, you know, we can convert one more than the, the next the next drive, just that next one. And um, so that's what we got to stay focused on. We, we got to do better there, though. Russell, you, you expect yourself to play at a certain level. And we've all come to expect you to play at a certain level. And right now, that's not happening. Why is that? Well, I think that, you know, um, you know, today, I felt like we, we had some good chances, you know, on some things. And things didn't go our way. A couple plays here and there. I felt like, uh, you know, we, we could have played a little bit sharper. You know, and I think that, for me, the standard's always high. You know, the standard's always to find a way to win. That's what it's really about. I think that one of the things that we did well was, you know, picking up the tempo and moving the ball really well. We went up and down the field right before half, and then, you know, near the end of the game there, we responded really well with that. And um, I, th- I think that we have to figure out how to tap into that a little bit more maybe, um, you know. And then as we do that, I think also, um, you know, is staying with confidence. You know, it's been, it's been uh, you know, we had a tough game against the Packers. It was a tight, down-the-wire kind of game pretty much for the most part. Didn't go our way, obviously. And this game, we just didn't play clean. I mean, there was some just stuff that was, you know, wasn't as clean as we needed it to be. And um, and so for me, I, you know, I want to look internally to see what what can I what can I do better, and then also too, what can we do better better collectively. Um, and so, the reality though is is that you know, I've been through tough times before. You know, I've been through tough times before. Uh, you know, I, I think about um, some of the tough moments I've gone through. There's always there's always something better on the other end of it, and that's what I really believe. And so, and the, and the thought process of it, man, it, it's uh, it, it can feel like it's your worst day, you know, just as a team, as a, as a group, and it, it can it can feel heavy and all that. 
Um, but I do think you have to have perspective and know that there's still there's still opportunity, and we have to we have to decide, and we have to execute on it, and we have to go do it. With the time that you miss, and having never been hurt in the NFL, or at least hurt enough to miss a game, do you feel like rust has been an issue for you? No, I don't. Um, you know, uh, I don't. I think when you guys see the deep ball, you won't say rust. You know, <laughs> when you watch it, the ball is coming out of my hand just fine. I don't, you know, it, you can make as many thoughts and excuses. I'm not going to make excuses. You know, I'm not an excuse kind of guy. You know, I'm a guy that we want. We want to figure out how to fix it. We want to figure out how to get better, and uh, that's that's how we're going to stay neutral on it and, and think through it. How, how different from your nature in your past is taking what a defense gives you or dumping the ball off when there's coverage down the field on, on your head cap? So, sorry, one more time. How different to your nature in past is it to take what a defense gives you? They're taking away the deep stuff. They're, they're double-team and lock it down and, and net cap down the field. And at times, you're throwing the ball deeply anyway. Is that against your nature sometimes to dump it off and, and not go for the no, I mean we had a we had a few you know I think about the ball to the flat to Colby we had some other things, you know got the ball to Disney a couple of times quickly you know we have some quick throws in there today that we felt like we were you know we were trying to get the ball out that was really when we were in tempo, um, you know and then we had some deep shots too. Tyler had a great game on the scrambles. I mean he made some great plays deep down the field. DK almost had that one deep down the field. Uh, I mean that, those are those are shots you got you got to take and those are opportunities that are massive opportunities and um, didn't go our way. But, you know, I think that for me, um, you just stay focused on, you know, what, what we have to do. And I think what we have to do is, uh, to, you know, block out a lot of the noise right now, um, just to be honest with you, block out a lot of the noise and understand that um, there's still opportunity. There's still time to get better. There's still there's still uh, not much time. But there's uh, there's still t- time, meaning tomorrow. Um, and that's what we have to do. Taylor said he feels like you guys, the defenses sometimes are giving you guys different looks than what you've seen, and it takes a little while to kind of adjust to that. Have you been feeling that at all? Not, not really. I mean, honestly, we had, uh, you know, we had a few funky things in the first half that just, you know, uncharacteristic of our football team, I felt like. Um, and so we were moving the ball, and then, you know, something happens, and, you know, it's like, shoot, you know, now it's a minus play. So we, we can't have those minus Minus five, ten, fifteen-yard plays—it just can't happen. You know, it's, it's, when you're going against a good defense, it, you know, you can't do that. So, I think that we responded really well. I thought that, you know, in terms of what they were trying to do and everything else, um, you know, we were able to run the ball efficiently on a few plays here and there. I checked a few runs, um, got to some good things. We had that drive right, right, like I said, right before half. We had the, the, um, the drive near, near the end of the game too to put us down by three, um, and um, you know, it just didn't go our way. I said that. Is it shocking to you that you are 10 games into the season and haven't found answers to the same problems that have been bothering the offense to date? Yeah, I think that, you know, um, it's disappointing. Uh, it's disappointing, but I also know that uh, I know that every guy in that locker room has the right intentions and hope and dreams and beliefs that we can fix it and we will fix it. Um, I know the past you know, game or two or whatever doesn't feel like it or even the past several weeks, to be honest with you. Um, but I also know uh, what we're capable of. I know that I've, I see it every day in practice. I see what we do. And so we have to translate that. And I think that we have to figure out, you know, how to, the biggest thing is how, how do we eliminate just these, these big, big moments? I think, you know, kind of going back to your question, I think, you know, we had some good drives, good feeling drives, and then boom, you know, it's like, especially today in particular. And so um, and I think we eliminate those little mistakes like that. I think we can be better.
Our defense is playing you guys similarly to how they were in the second half of last season when your offense struggled. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that. No, I, I think it's a little different. I, I think that. Uh, I think that's they didn't they didn't do anything surprising to be honest with you. They play you know three, they play four, they play six, they play two. Some every once in a while they play a good amount of match man. Um, you know, typical NFL football. They didn't do anything that was alarming or anything like that. I think that uh, you know I think that for us we you know we just didn't execute on making plays. Russ, what were the issues in the red zone today? Um, well, we almost we almost had a touchdown to DK. He almost got his foot down. That was almost a sweet catch. You know how he caught that, and then he almost got his foot down there. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't um, it, it didn't it wasn't it wasn't counted in. And then the the one I, I missed, Freddie, there kind of low. I was, I was trying to throw it low to him, and it was just a little too low. Um, other than that, I think that um, we had the drive. Uh, I'm just trying to remember them all. We had the drive where we got down there right before half, and we ended up kicking the field goal. Um, and then uh, I think about how we had that one two minute drive where we went all the way down the field, and I checked to the run. We had a pass play on. I checked to the run to DJ. He ended up scoring there for a touchdown. So that was sweet. Um, we, we, we've been one of the top red zone teams in football. You know, today today it didn't go the way we wanted it to, but that's just been what, what we've been. Um, so that, I think that's unfortunately didn't, it didn't happen today. Russ, you've been so clutch in big situations throughout your career and on third downs at different times in your career. Right now, you're completing just 35 percent of your passes on third down for the season. Why do you think the passing game has been such a struggle on third down? Yeah, I think we got to stay out third and longs, and then I think also too we had some several third and longs today, and I think also too is uh, you know just got to find a way to make two more conversions, you know, and I, I'm not going to overcomplicate it, but you know, you know, how do we find two more? How do we find three more? You know, and you can take one one possession at a time, the, and then we're going to have another opportunity next week, and that's that we can't go back. You know, there's no going back. You know, I, I think that you know to to go through all this, you know, it's uh, it's been a challenge. You know, I think. Uh, so far this year, and, and I think there's been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're up against it a little bit, you know. And uh, if anybody likes being up against, I, I'm okay with it, you know. And so, uh, what this team's going to get for me is everything I got every day, every moment, every second, um, like I always have. I've getting laid, laid out on the line every every play, um, no matter what the score is, no matter what the circumstances are. I think that I've had harder days too. You know, this is this is a pretty hard day. This hard couple weeks or whatever, just because we're feeling it right now, and uh, we know that we're up against it. Um, but what I also do know is, is that man, I, I think about my dad when he was on his deathbed. That's what I was thinking about. You know, when I came back in the locker room, is what we're up against is not harder than that. And he lived another three and a half years when I told him I only had 12 to 18 hours left to live. So for me, I, I, seven games sounds good to me. I look forward to. It. I look forward to the next seven, and. Uh, when we do figure it out, which will hopefully be this week, when we do figure it out, everybody better watch out. And that's that's got to be our mentality. There's no other mentality. There's no other thought. There's no other options. There's no other uh, hoping and wishing. There's no going back and you know saying wish we did this differently. This and that. This is about right now, starting tomorrow morning when we wake up. Yeah, if we get the opportunity to wake up in the morning, it'll be a gift. And uh, when we do, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to be. Um, better than we were yesterday or today, I should say. And so I think what's really important is, is that um, there's going to be a lot of noise, a lot of this and that. At the end, end of the day, we have to answer. And uh, I like answering. I like, I, like, I like the tough times, too. I like the good times, but I also like the tough times. And I don't shy away from them. I don't think these men in this locker room do either. Um, we got to be better. That's the truth. Um, the truth is, too, is we are better than what we've been playing. And uh, the truth is, is that we also believe in it, that we can be better as a collective group. And the tr other truth is we've got seven games to go. And uh, we'll see what happens.
given how frustrated you were in the offseason and how you went about expressing that, uh, how does starting three and seven uh, impact your future, do you think? It, it doesn't impact any of my thoughts at all. It's you know All I think about is right now what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. I love this team. I love this organization. I love being here. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, like I said, I like the challenge, you know. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great story. That was Russell Wilson, 14 of 26, 207 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Our quarterback review is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL and built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. All right, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks Station, Cairo, Cairo Radio, the conversation, breaking news direct from the sidelines, and where the 12s hear the Seahawks, KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Lots more to do when we come back. We'll go down to the locker room with Sidney Jones and DJ Dallas. They're standing by with Jim Mueller. Seahawks lose to the Cardinals 23-13. to Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus hanging out with Loom at Lumenfield with the guys. Right now we're going to go to the locker room. Sidney Jones is standing by with Jim Mueller. Sydney, this was, this was absolutely a tough one. What did Pete say afterwards? Just, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, disappointed about this one um, and the last one. You know, we're trying to find our rhythm, and that just hasn't, hasn't been able to happen. Um, so at this point, there's nothing we could do. Everything is in the past. It's all about moving forward, focus on next week, next game, and just trying to attack and dominate that. You talk about finding a rhythm. Tough to do in the secondary when you're missing a couple of guys. You knew that coming in that you were going to get some snaps with DJ out. How did losing Trey during the game change things? Um, you know, Trey's a, Trey's a great player. You know, we count on him. And unfortunately, he's sustained this injury. Um, prayer, prayers to him. Um, but our corner, our corner was getting you know a little bit light with DJ and didn't know his status. Um, so I'm just I'm just ready to play. You know. How confident were you that you had that interception? Very, very. I I, I don't know what else to say. I thought I had it, and it's just unfortunate. I was I was in shock. Like I was in shock. What kind of momentum and just kind of emotional shift does that cause when they come back and they overturn that? Uh, it's a big one. You you make a play, you get all the way down, you know, close to close to the end zone, give your offense the opportunity to score, and that that, that will change the game in itself. And then you come back, I'm sideline celebrating, like happy, feeling you know, feeling good, and then like I'm like what? Like, so it was just, I don't know what else to say. It's just very disappointing. There were some plays during the course of the game, and on both sides of the ball, where it looked like you guys were right there. You were ready to make the play. The finish just wasn't there. Can you point to one thing as to why that was the case? No, can't really point to one thing. It just comes back to us. We just, we got to figure out what that is and, and watch the tape and, you know, be better at the details. Details, will, I think, will fix a lot of things. All right, that is what they will look to do heading into D.C. next week. Bump, that's back to you. Thank you, Jen Mueller. The Sidney Jones interception was interesting. I think myself and the guys really believe that it was an interception. And the way we interpret the rule is that the ball can touch the ground as long as you have complete control of it and it doesn't move. When I look at the replay, it seemed that's exactly what happened. It didn't seem like there was enough to overturn it. And I'm not blaming the refs, but it seems like every week we got a gripe with the guys well, in stripes. Gosh dang it, I'm blaming the refs on that one because <laughs> they got that one wrong. Like, I don't know, the, the angle they were showing in the stadium, I don't know how you could use that angle to overturn 
what they had already called unless, you know, the pylon angle from, you know, 60 yards away or whatever saw it. But, yeah, that, that was a big uh, shift in just the energy in the stadium, you know, the energy on the sideline. Thought you maybe had gotten something to kind of turn things around, and, and then it didn't end up that way. Yeah, you felt the crowd get into it. You saw the energy that Sidney Jones brought to that play. Five, three to five minutes later, it never happened. That's the game. All right, let's hear from DJ Dallas. He scored a touchdown. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. DJ, there were a couple of nice runs that we saw you with, and we saw you get into the end zone. What was your level of excitement to find the end zone? My level of excitement, man, I was happy to get in there. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were, you know, I felt, felt good contributing. Felt good just to contribute, you know, and, and help the team out. You know, that, I think the runs on that drive really helped things out. Mm -hmm. What gave you the most spark during that scoring drive? Me personally? Just the team. Could have been you, but... Uh, the, on that drive? Just, just the, I think that's just the bond we have, you know, and just, just Russ leading us down the field and, and, and D Brown leading, leading the O-line and, and us just firing on all cylinders. And that, that's a spark in itself, you know. The running game got going early, but it looked like the balance got a little bit out of whack there. Can you point to maybe why that happened? Uh, I don't know. I mean... I guess you could say like the time they were holding the ball for a long time. Their time of possession was kind of up, so we, you know, we kind of had to put our foot on the gas pedal. And uh, I guess that's why the balance could have been off a little bit. And it was hard to convert on third downs today. I know that it's been a challenge for parts of the season. Why was today particularly hard? Um, some of it was was uh, just kind of kind of self-inflicted. We. I, I have one. I'll take one for myself. I, I drop a, a, a like kind of like a flat route, and that could have converted. And it's just it's just the little details, you know. When Sydney had what we thought was an interception, oh my God. and then it was overturned, how did that just that swing hurt. things? That hurt so bad. And then it's just like you see it, and you're right there, and you're watching, it and it's like, oh, we got a pick. And everybody's celebrating, and we're feeling good. Momentum swings our way. And then they just kind of, like, ripped the Band-Aid off, and now it's, you know, they're, they're punting the ball. So now where does the team go? We know that you go to Washington, D.C. next week, but what's Pete said, what have your position coaches said, what needs to be fixed? Uh, just got to hone in on the details of everything, of our ball, get better at our ball, get better at Seattle Seahawks football, and just hone in on the details, and uh, we're going to go back to the drum board and do it all over again. DJ Dallas found the end zone today. Bump, it's not enough in a Seahawks loss. Thank you, Mueller. DJ Dallas, four carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown. One of the few bright spots in tonight's game. All right, when we return, we'll look ahead to the Washington football team and the rest of the year for the Seattle Seahawks. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Russell takes the snap, hands it to Dallas. He is in! Touchdown, Seahawks! And can we add a finally on that? It's taken three and a half quarters, four before that if you count the Green Bay game, but finally the Seahawks score a touchdown from two yards out, and the Hawks are back in the game with seven minutes left to play, 16 to 12. Our recall of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plum and Stop Freaking, call Beacon. All right, time to look ahead, fellas. 
This game's over with 23 to 13. The Hawks lose to the Arizona Cardinals, dropping them to three and seven. Now they take on the four and six Washington football team. This team is kind of hot right now. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple weeks ago, 29 to 19. This week they beat the Panthers 27 to 21. A game we should win. But we're finding out real quickly, shoulda, coulda, woulda, didn't, right? (laughs) You know how this game goes. You got to show up. You got to be healthy. You got to execute. You got to correct all your runs. You got to be able to run the football. Be good on third down. Get some stops. When you have the quarterback in your grasp, take him to the ground. Fit up in the A-gap when you're on the goal line. All these things that you need to do to be successful, we're not seeing. But, again, a a game that you expect these Hawks to win. Paul Moya. Well, I don't know if I expect them to win. You don't, I, huh? No, no, not, not, not after this game. Because you expected I mean, them to win this game. I ex- well, yeah, I, I predicted yeah. them to win yeah. today. And I thought we would play better. I mean, obviously without, you know, Kyler Murray and, and uh, um, God, I keep forgetting who's their wife. The Hopkins. Hop- God, I don't know why. Um, yeah, I would have thought we would have. And to me, we still probably should have. I mean, um, just, you know, not not enough plays. But Washington, yeah, also now they're on a two-game winning streak. You know, to beat Tampa Bay, a, you know, a week ago is pretty impressive. And then to beat Carolina, who has, has been playing, it was playing well, uh, that's pretty good. There's nothing statistically that you, you're going to go, wow. I mean, Chase Young is not playing. Right. Um <sighs> You know, you start looking at some of their players rushing. You got Antonio Gibson. They, they haven't rushed the ball really well. I haven't thrown it really well. They don't have great statistics defensively. Um, but we're just not playing well. They're on a two-game winning streak. So, to me, they're they're beyond hot. I, right. We haven't had a two-game winning streak this year. So, it's it's going to be a tough game. And maybe that's the one that gets you over. Again, I, I, I just use a quick example. 1986, we're Super Bowl contenders. You know, everybody's looking at us. We start off five and two. We lose four in a row. We're five and six. We win an ugly game against Philadelphia, and then we win five in a row. We can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's all this is, it takes with this team. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, go ahead. No, you no ahead. I was going to say, you know, I, I remember a few years ago when Mike Holmgren was coaching, and, and uh, he made this comment that you are what your record says you are. You know what I'm saying? And so you can keep saying that you're a great team, but you're three and seven or whatever it is. And, and, uh, and so your, your, your record doesn't indicate that you're this team that you say you are. And then the other thing is that the way we're looking at teams going, oh, that's a win for the Seahawks. They're looking at the Seahawks now saying like, oh, we can get them. Yep. And then the other thing I was thinking too is like the Seahawks have kind of been the bully, the bully franchise for a long time. Like they've been, you know, the team that can, can kind of go in and win. And they got these big superstars and, you know, bad defense. And then Tyler says something that was interesting in that sometimes they show up and the teams are playing different than what they, what they thought they saw on film. I, you know, some of it too is like, man, we're going to get to see us when they're down. You know what I'm saying? It's that's like a little, a little notch in your belt when you can say, man, we we got to the we got at the Seahawks. And so I think some of that kind of happens as well when teams show up and they play differently or better or cleaner or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but then with you know with the Seahawks, it is just a matter of like what they can control and all they can control is what you know how the mistakes that they've made how can they improve them i just get the feeling that it's like the i don't know if you've seen the movie uh ice age 2 the meltdown you know i got three babies i didn't seen that and you know seen in the it. opening scene when sid is on that is on that ice uh uh is on the um iceberg the glacier and he's trying to like put his fingers and all that's what it feels like the seahawks it's like oh we oh we got this whole oh up there's a there's a leak down here and then next thing your whole body is so stretched out trying to fill every leak then the thing explodes so that's what it sounds like to me because either they can't correct the problems that they have 
or there's just so many problems that it's just kind of hard to get a handle on all of them. Yeah, Ray, and, and alluding to, I mean, you alluded to what Tyler Lockett said about how teams are kind of switching some things up. And, you know, that just goes back to the point of if you have your quote-unquote go-tos offensively, then it doesn't matter. It shouldn't even matter that defensively they're running something totally different because we have our go-tos against man, we have our go-tos against zone, and we have our go-tos against pressure. We don't have that right now. Uh, but as it pertains to the Washington football team, let's not forget, man, these guys are in the playoffs, you know, last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. They were in the playoffs. And with every opportunity to win, Taylor Heineke comes in, he fills in for Fitzpatrick. Uh, this year he fill, comes in and, and he fills in for Fitz, Fitzpatrick. Last year he gets an opportunity to play in the playoffs, and he's played damn well. I mean, he earned the, you know, he earned the, to, to the opportunity to be the guy this year. That's how well he's been playing. At that, at that position and leading the, the, the Washington football team. So these guys are certainly no uh, walk in the park, especially for us anymore. Uh, you know, so we're going to have to put our hard hats on uh, and, and figure out, you know, a, a way to get a ball game, get a dub. Got to have a go-to. My go-to, true right, two-point wide corner. Figure it out, Kennewick. Eastside Catholic. Okay. Next <laughs> okay. Week. All, all right. right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Talking about an opponent preview. Hey, I all like right, that, all right. Hey, when we get into Hawk Talk, Pete Carroll did come back to the podium and uh, address the media, so we'll get into that on Hawk Talk. But that's it for us. Today's final score, Cardinals 23, Seahawks 13. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our podcast possible, on-site engineer Zach Davies, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks hit the road next week for a showdown with the Washington football team on Monday Night Football. Pre-game coverage begins at 3 p.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of hot talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Cardinals 23-13. to Talk to you guys next week. Welcome to Hawk Talk. Unfortunately, we are getting together after a loss. The Seahawks lose to the Cardinals 23-13, to dropping them to 3-7. and I'm joined with Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. And now we're checking in with the professor himself, John Clayton. This was a tough game. Um, Kyler Murray wasn't available. D. Hopkins wasn't available. Colt McCoy is under center for the second year in a row. He comes to Lumen Field and gets it done. How is he able to be successful? Where do the Hawks go from here? Well, I mean, again, it's like the, the big thing. I think Cliff Kingsbury called a great game, uh, and what he tried to do was really work on the linebackers. I mean, you know, I know that they tried to throw a lot on Jordan Brooks, and, he, of course, they certainly tried to do as much as they can with Zach Ertz, you know, trying to go uh, at the linebackers or in that short area. Naturally, when you lose your top two, two of your top cornerbacks, that makes it a little bit easier. You know, Trey Brown gets the patellar tendon injury, so his season's probably over. They didn't have D.J. Reed, so that was opening. And then so, really, what you saw with Colt McCoy, he came in here, kept working the short passes, short passes, short passes, and has, has a high completion percentage and, you know, got, got the ball moving. But, again, what you can see with this team, they keep reliving the same type of nightmares, and it doesn't go away. And the biggest nightmare is on offense because, again, you know, no th- very few third-down conversions. You know, uh, third-down, you know, Russell looks lost at times trying to figure out what, what type of plays to run, breakdowns in the pass blocking on third downs. I mean, you, you name it, it's the same thing all over again, and it doesn't seem to be going away, and it's killing their season. 
Hey, John, what do you, speaking of that nightmare, what do you contribute to the, to the nightmare? And then what do you think could be possible solutions to the nightmare? Well, I mean, what contributes to the nightmare is having your Hall of Fame caliber elite quarterback, uh, you know, missing three games. And certainly, you know, Russell, you can see with that finger on certain passes, doesn't look the same. I mean, you know, particularly some of the, you know, the passes on the flat and all that stuff, his accuracy isn't there. He still has the ability to grip the ball and throw it long. Uh, and, of course, the coverage, uh, at least you know, with Arizona, was excellent today. They did a good job there. But I think that uh, what you can see is that, uh, you know, with him still coming back and him not being 100%, this offense is lost. You know, a few drops there, too. And, you know, maybe Russell wasn't completely on – um, the one disappointing part is uh, Trey Brown. I mean, he was playing well. Matter of fact, both of his uh, plays they, they had, I mean, he was spot on in coverage. Uh, but, you know, looks like the injuries, he's out for the year. What, do, what are you hearing on that one, John? The patellar tendon injury, so you'd have to figure with, uh, you know, what, eight games left, that that's going to be it for him, that he's probably not going to be able to come back at all because that's going to be pretty much a season ender because, it's, uh, you know, probably, I don't know if he's going to need surgery, probably will, but I think that's a bad blow because now you lose him. You don't know about DJ Reed for the Monday night game coming up against Washington. And so, uh, you know, I thought Sidney Jones did some good things. He was robbed, I think, on that one interception that should have been taken down inside the 10-yard line because, again, I thought uh, I didn't see the ball really coming out, and he had to control the ball even though, you know, he was hitting the ground and the ball came there, but... So I know Dean Blandino uh, and ended up uh, thinking that it should have been an interception. And as Pete Carroll said, that's a 60-yard swing when uh, that, that happened because instead of being inside the 10-yard line, uh, they, they, are, they all of a sudden had to march the ball all the way downfield, and it didn't work. John, the Seahawks have become the hunted. They're usually the hunter, but now they are the hunted. How do they fix their offensive woes? And with Trey Brown going down at the corner spot, who do you expect to fill in for him? Well, Sidney Jones and uh, Austin, bless bless Austin. I mean, those are the only two options. I mean, they can take Ugo Amati and maybe put him a little outside. I mean, he might be able to try to do some things, even though he's much better in the slot. Uh, Then I'm sure that they're going to have to look for some options, uh, in free agency, you know, I know that uh, Drake Kirkpatrick was let go by the 49ers, and there's a, a few veterans that still might be out there, so they may have to consider those. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, when you lose somebody like uh, Trey Brown, who is really doing a good job, it just hurts. And, of course, then with the groin injury for D.J. Reed, is like you think, but we don't know for sure, uh, is that extra day going to help get him back on the field? He wasn't there today. He was inactive. Hey, John, the Washington football team is up next. They're on a, a two-game uh, winning streak, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, what will the Seahawks have to be prepared for uh, and when they're preparing for the Washington football team? Well, the big thing is that I think they have to be prepared for, uh, you know, trying to at least take advantage of the poor defense they've been playing. Now, it's been uh, much better the last two weeks. But, again, you know, for a couple weeks ago, they were like the 27th, uh, worst, uh, worst worst defense in football, uh, and really their, their stats they've been giving up. And, of course, they've lost two first-round defensive linemen. You know, Chase Young is out for the season with an ACL, and then they lose Montez Sweat uh, with a broken jaw. 
so they're not good there. Tyler Heineke's actually been doing a reasonably good job, and Gibson, the running back's doing some decent stuff. And I think you know next week you know, they should be able to get Curtis Samuels back on the field. So they'll be a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball, but it's been a major disappointment. But I think what you're seeing is that Ron Rivera is starting to get to this team and starting to you know, make it a little bit more confident because you could tell for weeks that team had absolutely and totally no confidence. All right, John. Well, you have a good night, and we appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Okay, when we return, we'll hear from Pete Carroll. He stepped back up to the podium. He left, came back put in some time we'll hear what he has to say that's next on your home for the seahawks 710 espn seattle and cowboy radio 97.3 fm welcome back to hawk talk the seahawks fall to the cardinals 23 to 13 we're going to hear from pete carroll what happened during his podium um i guess interview you want to call it he goes through it about six to seven minutes thinks he's cut off for time he leaves but then he comes back and realizes the media has more questions here's the second half of that interview I know that you probably have some more questions. I don't know if I have any more answers for you, but I'll try my ass. I'll try. I'm looking and seeing that, uh, you know, we don't turn the ball over. We got two penalties in the game. What the heck, man? Um, it keeps reminding me that there's things that we're doing that we're doing well enough to be a winning football team. The turnover thing just continues to be there. And uh, it's just really frustrating that, we can't get this thing turned. So anyway, um, I'm sorry for for uh, not being aware of that there was more time. I usually defer to Dave, and I didn't do that right there. What do you got? Just, how close was DJ Reed to playing? I mean, is that a concern, um, especially trade? Yeah, he, he he came down on uh, in practice. Uh, I think it was Thursday. On his, going for a ball, and he just jolted his knee a little bit, and he's got a little bit of a, of a strain that just couldn't clear up, you know, in a couple of days' time. So he tried, you know, he tried to get through it, and he got MRI and all that stuff. There's little findings in there, but it was just jammed enough that he couldn't get going. And you know, he's got to play out on the edge, and you got to be right. So um, Jamal had a similar situation, same day of practice, you know, on Thursday, and, and uh, he, he was able to make it through. He was not 100%, but he did he did a, a great job of just getting through and playing the game. Is the most um, uh, a time in your uh, Seattle tenure where the way forward seems unclear like it is now? You know, I was thinking since I walked out of here, I had some little, couple extra minutes that I normally don't have. Um, that I go all the way back to the Jets, you know. On my one season at the Jets, this is the last time we were in a situation like this as a head coach. You know, we were never we, we were never this far behind it uh, in New England. And, and uh, you know, we had, I think we lost five games in a row at one time at the Jets at the end of the season, and um, and I can't remember anything about what happened, any of those press conferences or um, or the, meet, the meetings. I'm just not any good at this, you know. I, I'm not prepared for this. This is not – this. I, I'm I'm struggling to uh, to do a good job of, you know, coaching when, you, when, when you're getting your butt kicked in, in week in and week out. I, I don't I, – you know, it's just – it's new territory. So um, – and I'm competing as – in every way I can think of, but um, I'm just unfamiliar with it. And, and so, if I leave early or if I make a mistake, that's that's um, you know I'm not in, I'm on my best game right here. So uh, I mean, it's been 20 years, you know, since I remember anything. You know, we're past that. So, um, and I'm not making any excuses. I just and I don't want to get good at this. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. I don't want to get any good at this. But what else? And what particular ways do you feel like it's it's challenging you? The situation you're in. It sounds like it's new. 
Yeah, it's, it's um, we've always had a lot of positive stuff to build on and go, you know, and, and I haven't haven't been this far behind uh, the the record right now, you know. And we could we can still turn this thing and win a bunch of games at the end and and, and be fine. We all feel like well, that's what's going to happen. We're going out every single day. We go to work every single day. We get in the locker room. And we're going. We're coming out at halftime all the way down to the, it's. There's you know we need two scores. You know and we go right down the field and get our score. And now we gotta go stop them. I mean all the way to that we're. we're we're thinking we're winning the football game. We didn't think anything different than that. That's the way we operate. And and then, but you know, there's there's seven losses on this on this schedule right now, and, and uh, that's a lot of games. Mall is just talking about how confident he is that this will turn around. This team can do that. I know that's how I feel too. I just I'm just disappointed that I I I don't have any new answers for you. You know, in, in similar situations. So that's that's a real challenge for the staff. We have to we have to find our ways to get our guys to to. to execute better so that we're not in the same situations. I mean, it's like the same story, you know, and, and, uh, and that, that can drive you a little bit batty. Pete, your frustration is understandable. Why did you feel the need to come back in? Because we've had a relationship. I have a relationship with the media that I think I respect the heck out of everything you guys do. And I know you got stories to write. And I think if I shortchange you on the stories and that you've got a job too. And I've felt, felt that way my whole life in, in, in coaching. And, and uh, you know, I, res- I mean, so I did it out of respect to you guys. And because uh, I know you got a job to do. And I don't want, you know, I don't need to make it hard on you. So I'm available because it makes sense to me why I should be here right now. Is this as frustrated as you've been here? Yes. Absolutely. It's not even close. Not even close. And what gives you hope that this can still turn around right now? Um, I, there's so many. I have so many reasons, you know. It's the guys that we're coaching. It's the way we operate. It's the attitude that they bring on a regular basis. Um, it's the uh, it's the coaches that have the the, you know, the work ethic to, to keep pushing and and attacking the you know the issues and, and I mean everything about it. You know everything about it. Because I don't feel any different. I feel like we're going we're to win next week, and we're going to go play a great game on the East Coast, and, and and come on back here and get ready for the next one. And I don't have any other thought in my mind. I'm just disappointed that I got to keep coming back in here and talk about the same stuff, and don't feel like I have good answers for you, uh, because our answers so far have not turned it. And uh, so that's that's why I said I thought I was really clear about it. It starts with me. I've got to get this done, does and I got to help my guys get it done. Does any of this question where you think you can take this team from here? No. It doesn't, except for I just it's I just to come back in and again. I mean, if it's again the same story next week, I'll I'll just be a little bit more uh, frustrated and, and, and apt to do something out of character, you know, and and uh, and, and miss a clarity moment and, and all that. Anybody else thinking out okay besides uh, Rashad and, and Trey? Um, uh, Jordan might have a little bit of a hip thing that's bothering him. Uh, B. Shell's shoulder was really sore during the game. Um, I think that was it. Was there another one? say that part of the frustration is that you're saying the same thing over and over each week and does that mean that you're trying the same things each week or does it mean that you've changed up no 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 we no, we're, we're, we're competing man you know it, I mean, you haven't been with us all this time but we've been talking about third downs for a long time and third downs tell so much of the story of the game and it happens to particularly pertain to us and uh and so um, the defense really turned around the, the third down things uh, for, I don't know, five or six weeks, you know, or fifth or sixth in the NFL in, in third downs in, until these, these last two weeks. Um, and uh, so, you know, we've, we, those, that totally improved. And offensively, we just haven't quite got it going yet. We haven't been successful. And remember that there's, there's 
three and a half weeks in here when Russ was was not playing for us. He's been playing for 10 years for us. And then he came back in Green Bay, and that game happened, and this game happened. So we're not quite back to, to getting the, the turnaround done, accomplished. But he's the best he's been right now. He, he made it through again. He feels okay. Uh, and, and so we should only count on all of us getting better. He's in the middle of it all. We've got to help him. He can't block the guy coming off the edge. You know, we missed that. We missed a pickup, and bam, he gets hit right off the bat. That, he can't do that. He, he can't get the ball out of that one. There's no chance, you know. And, and, and so um, it, there's plenty of reasons. We just got to make sure that we, we clean it all up and get as sharp as we can and, and all that. So. How, how do you approach Russ after a tough performance? I'm sorry. How do you approach How do you approach Russ after a tough performance like this? What do you envision the conversation? We go right to the truth, you know. We, we we get to the truth, and we don't know all that right now. You know, it's too emotional, too uh, too impassioned, and all that. We got to get to it, and and uh, I, I haven't had a chance to give him. You know, we have a little sit down always before we get out of here. Um, we haven't done that yet, but. Uh, um, we go right to the truth of it. So you have to talk your way to the truth and figure out what happened and be really uh, and hold us each other accountable. You know, hold us all accountable for, for what we can do better and, and all of that. Try to make sense of it. I mean, this is nothing different. This is what you do in ball coaching. You know, I've been doing this for forever. But um, I, I just want to see these results flip. It's typical you guys huddle after a game, win or lose every week for you and Russ? Right. Yes. Well, was the plan to really take away the deeps? I mean, I know it always is to some degree, but in this game to, to force them into underneath throws on offense? Yeah. Basically, this has been such a – it's been an explosive offense with the big perimeter plays and all kinds of stuff that they've done. That that wasn't the, the – yeah, that was part of it. We, we were preparing for Kyler to be playing as well. thought he would come back and um, – but we, you know, we were aware of Colt and what he could do too, and, and had chances. Really, like I said, a really good opportunity to see him in a, in a game when they they trounced the Niners, and then they get in, in, in all kinds of trouble the next week, you know, against the Panthers. So we weren't sure what it would be like with him, you know, when he came out. But we didn't know what he would do and all that. And so this offense, you need to, you know, you need to make sure that they're not being explosive. And uh, I don't know what the explosives came out today, but um, it seemed like there was some. I don't know if I call it frustration, but it's part of the mystery here that guys are practicing well, and then in the game, the execution is not winning. Yes, that's that's an issue. That is an issue because um, we're not coming out of the weeks thinking we're not going to do well. We're coming out of the weeks feeling like everything, you know, we've worked our way through it. We got the the repetitions that we needed. Um, we've had the meetings and the walkthroughs and all of the stuff that it takes to get right. Like, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, and it, that's how you do it. You know, that's how you get through it. And then you count on your the coaching and the plan and the uh, the players' repetitions to, to allow you to you know, believe that you're going to get it done. So we come, keep coming in here, and we're shocked again that we didn't get it done, you know, because we, we think we should be better than that, and we should be. Last question, Mark. Thanks. Steve, have you had to ask Russell to do things in the game that he's not quite ready to do yet? No. No. Not really. We really haven't. The only thing that we could be doing more is putting him under center more. That's all. That's the only other thing that we could do more. And we didn't feel like it was an issue. And we're just trying to keep that spank of the ball coming up, you know, not to be a factor you know, in the game any more than we have to, you know, as he's still recovering, you know. <laughs> you know, he's, this is week six of broken bones. So um, that's all. But I, I don't I don't, none of us feel like that's a factor. We may have to revisit it again and get us back to a more normal cadence of how we do that, you know, and, and uh, where we mix the gun stuff and the under center stuff.
All right, that was Pete Carroll in his second press conference, I guess you can call. When we return, we will go through some highlights from today's game. That's next in your home for the Seahawks, 17 ESPN Seattle and Cowboy Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk postgame show. Seahawks lose to the Cardinals 23-13, to but we still got to go through some of these highlights. There were some plays made. The very first play we're going to talk about was the first play of the game. Rashad Penny has an 18-yard gain to open the game. Motion across the formation is Lockett to turn and hand to Penny, and he fires straight ahead. He's off to the races and across the 40-yard line. Welcome back, Rashad Penny. He gets the start. He gets the first carry as Buda Baker comes up and saves a touchdown. An 18-yard run by Rashad Penny. Yeah, a little surprising to see him start. Thought we were going to see Alex Collins uh, be the starter, but nevertheless, Penny was out there. Great start to the to the game. I mean, a huge run right there. He gets his feet up just a little bit. He might break for a touchdown. Uh, we talked about the running game needing to be, you know, important for them to have an opportunity to win. Great start to the game. We were excited to see Penny do his thing. He will later go into the blue tent, and I don't think we saw him again after that. In the first quarter, Zach Ertz would get a shovel pass from Colt McCoy, top, capping off a 16-play, 82-yard drive, making it 7-0. to zero. Motion across the formation, play fake, handoff inside, a little flip pass to Ertz inside, touchdown. A little shovel pass after the play fake. Ertz coming back inside from his tight end position, and the Cardinals get on the board first with an incredible drive on a one-yard touchdown run to Zach Ertz, and Arizona up 6-0. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty good play design by them. They had a lot of the, uh, the eye candy going to the outside like it was going to be an outside run and then brought the tight end behind it with a little shovel pass, something that the Kansas City Chiefs were doing uh, early last year and into this year, and, and it resulted in a good touchdown uh, for for the Cardinals. All right. The teams would alternate punts. The Hawks would make a field goal, making a score seven to three. But in the second quarter, Ertz gets his second TD of the game. Colt McCoy drops the ball, picks it up, throws it. The excuse me, the Cardinals would miss the PAT, but make the score 13 to three. McCoy takes the snap on the ground. Now throws to the end zone. Touchdown, Arizona. A slant route, and Zach Ertz has his second touchdown of the game. A two-yard touchdown throw. Colt McCoy now with two touchdown passes, the longest being two yards, and both to Zach Ertz. I feel like it's two weeks in a row the opposing quarterback dropped the ball, and I don't know, did they have a touchdown last week too? That was a crazy one, and Bobby Wagner was like a fraction of an inch from jumping up and knocking that thing away, and... It's a game of inches. It's the little things right now that just don't want to bounce the right way for the Seahawks. The Hawks would kick a field goal before the half, making it 13-6. to The Cardinals would open up the second half and make a field goal, then trade a bunch of punts. Excuse me. Then Now the Cards make a field goal. Later on in the game, Russell Wilson finds Tyler Lockett for 48 yards. Big play going across the middle. Russell takes the snap, looks. Looks, still looking, still moving. Now he's going to let it fly. Tyler Lockett makes the catch down to the 35, the 30, run out of bounds. Great protection that time by the offensive line. And finally, Russ had some time to wait for Tyler Lockett, who broke free, crossing the field left to right. 48 yards, you can depend on 16, first and 10, Seattle at the Arizona 26. Russell Wilson hung on to that ball for a long time. I believe he was waiting for DK to clear it out. Lockett had the deep cross going across the middle, something we've become accustomed to. Finds number 16 for a 48-yard gain. Now, DJ Dallas would cap this whole drive off. Five plays, 74 yards, scoring the Seahawks' only touchdown of the day. 
Russell takes the snap, hands it to Dallas. He is in! Touchdown, Seahawks! And can we add a finally on that? It's taken three and a half quarters. Four before that if you count the Green Bay game. But finally the Seahawks score a touchdown from two yards out. And the Hawks are back in the game with seven minutes left to play, 16-12. to 12. Yeah, it was good to see uh, DJ Dallas get some opportunities carrying the football and being able to cap that drive off with a touchdown. We saw him also in the two-minute drive uh, being the main guy there. Uh, we know his abilities that he has to catch the ball out of the backfield. So great drive on that drive and great run, physical run by DJ Dallas to cap it off with a TD. That broke a 20, uh, 20 drives where we had not scored a touchdown. Wow. So it took number 21, the 21st drive, which 21 is a special number for me. Yeah, okay. So that oh. works. All right, to end the ball game. The Cardinals go on a 10-play, 67-yard drive. Jamal Adams makes a play on the goal line, gets called for a pass interference, and James Conner would cap it off with this touchdown up the gut. Handoff, Conner goes in standing up. So from one yard out, James Conner goes in for the touchdown. It's a 22-13 ball game. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it just knocks the wind out of you. You, you, you get a stop on, on, on third down and, you know, pass interference obviously could have gone either way, right? Uh, had his hand wrapped around his waist there, it looked like. But, uh, I mean, it's hard to come back on defense and, you know, create three more stops, you know, after you've already gotten yourself off the field. So great execution by the Cardinals and, uh, you know, way to cap off a great drive for them. During that drive, there were a couple of times where you felt like the Seahawks were going to get off the field. They just weren't able to do it. Guys making plays underneath coverage. Pass interference by Jamal Adams. James Conner gets it done, sealing the deal, making it 23-213. All right, when we return, we will give you our game MVPs. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. A disappointing loss for the Seahawks tonight, losing to the Cardinals 23-13. I'm hanging out with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. Now's the time that we give you our game MVP. I know who it is. I want to see if y'all get it right, though. <laughs> okay, so let, let's start off with the Super Bowl champ. What you got, Turbo? You know, I'm going to go with Sidney Jones, man. I'm going to go with Sidney Jones because, yeah, I, th- I feel like he held his own throughout this entire game. I don't even think he started. I, th- I, I, I felt like, bless Austin, was the – did he? He started. Okay, he started, but – you know, bless Austin was getting reps at the cornerback position as well throughout the football game. So it wasn't even though he started, it was like it was that it's that situation where well we want kind of want to see the other guy too. And so then after Trey Brown goes down, now he's in there, obviously on a consistent basis. He has to finish out the game, and I just felt like you know it, it's hard to be in that position when you're in and then you're getting taken out and then you're back in and you're being taken out. So you know for him to 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 step up the way that he did. Uh, after uh, Trey Bound went down, uh, I, I, you know, I thought it was great to see, and, and so he's my MVP. You know what's interesting about that pick? I kind of looked at you crazy when you did it, but then I looked at the stats. Third lean tackler on the team, and he had a pick that was taken away from him. Valid recommendation there, Turbo. Mm-hmm. Big Ray. Well, it's, it's hard because usually one side of the ball would have played well, and you can just go to that side and say, you know, since they that side kept you in the game, you should pick someone from that side. But both sides of the ball didn't play well. So I'm just going purely off of just looking at the stats. And, you know, Tyler Lockett caught some a couple of passes that kind of gave us an opportunity to get to get in the game or, or to get points to, to make it a game. He had four catches for 115 yards. 
and uh, two of those are two, you know two pretty big catches. And so I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, Paul Moya. Well, you made it sound like it was so obvious when we started this. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Prater. Um, from Arizona Cardinals for missing an extra point. Uh, Chew missed funny. field goals, gave us a chance. Um, I, I think this one's a tough one. What Ray really said, I, and even special teams. You know, we we um, we get the we we. I can't remember what it was, but we I think we had scored and we kicked the ball out of bounds and give them the ball on the forty yard line. They go down and and kick a field goal. Maybe it was the opening drive of the second half where we needed it. You know, and if without that, you know, if we could kept them at the 20, you know, maybe they don't kick that field goal. Because I think they kicked about a 52, 53-yard field goal on that one. But I, I'll give it to Jordan Brooks. Um, if 15 tackles, he had a quarterback hit. He had a uh, tackle for loss. Um, you know, he was all over the, the place. Now, again, I, I don't know if he played his best game. I, I don't think he did, in the, particularly in the past game. In fact, either linebackers, they had a lot of tackles. But... I wouldn't put that as their their best game. But in a game like this, you're just looking for somebody. And, look, the one thing I do like about Jordan Brooks, man, he comes with it. I mean, he comes to hit. He hustles every play. He, You know, maybe everything isn't perfect, but I'll take a guy with a high motor that just says, hey, I, I, I want to do better. I want to get better. I want to win. And I, that's what, how he plays at least every play. All right. Well, I thought it was simple, but I guess it's not simple. Jordan no. Brooks, good pick. Cindy Jones, good pick. Lockett, good pick. You know where I'm going. I don't, actually. I have no idea. Number 16, Tyler Lockett. Come on, fellas. Four catches. Four catches. You have 115 <laughs> yards. Four catches. For 115, Moyer. Well, I mean, I, 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 you know, drew okay. A, drew a penalty afterwards, a little acting okay. deal. You um, know, he's going to get an award stats, here. Stats, I mean, the stats you know, are okay. just, That's know. not stats. I'm thinking plays. Four catches. But, I yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. But those, they, were, they were two impactful plays, though, that put you in a position to score points. The Rachel, fact that they didn't finish the scoring right. is not what on him, but he, he put himself. He put the offense in a position to actually get yeah, them. Yeah, he's sitting right team. next to you. I get he's you. He's on my team. And he set up the only touchdown that we had. Come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's know, fine. I feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> do you? <laughs> do you really know? <laughs> I mean, my my, my other choice is going to well. be Jordan Brooks. Tyler the Sidney Jones well. one is kind of like a, you know, Sydney, hey, let's just. Well, you know what? I feel like that's kind of like a pass. You know, hey, let's make him feel good about it. But I, I felt like it was either going to be Jordan or, or Lockett to me. Man, he locked up out there pretty well. Better than he played in any other game. All right, I got to look at the film. I'm going to watch film tonight, and Turbo, I'm going to text you yay or nay. <laughs> look, I mean, me. we lost the game, so we we're not. I don't even know what we're arguing about. <laughs> you can just take whoever you we want. Be, I want to be right. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, no I try to like it. That's a good point, man. He did set up our only scoring drive, and uh, he had a couple of explosive plays that really got our, you know, especially for our offense, who seem, can't seem to do anything yep. right now. So, great choice. Either way, we took the L. Okay, Hawks fall to three and seven. When we return, we're going to talk about what's next. They play the Washington football team next week. Where does team does this team go from here? We'll let you guys know on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. It is time to turn the page like we've done seven times this year. <laughs> we're looking towards the Washington football team now. Quarterback Taylor Heineke has been playing okay. He has 15 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You got Antonio Gibson at the running back position, 601 yards. Terry McLaren at the wide receiver spot, 700 yards, 700, 350 yards. I'm sorry, three, I'm, I'm everywhere, guys. I'm so distraught over the loss <laughs> right now. 
Get yourself together, Michael. 735 yards for Terry. That's pretty good. Um, Scary Terry, man. Chase can Young still is run. out. He, uh, he tore his ACL last week, I believe. So that's one less person you have to worry about. But you're going to D.C. We know that surface isn't great. Bad luck over there on that surface. Um, a team that when we started the season, we thought this was an automatic win. But these guys are hot right now, riding a two-win game. Uh, Goodness, man. What yeah, two-game winning streak. Two-game winning streak. I'm with you. Come on, guys. Pick me up. Wait, we're Pick here. Me up. We're, we're following team. you. We're a team. All right. All right. And as uh, Turbo pointed out, and Paul, Hawks haven't been on a two-game win streak all year. So, man, uh, that's weird to say. Right? That is weird. I couldn't believe it. I, I took my headphones off. I looked at Turbo. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. yes, all year. So let's start a win streak next week against the Washington football team. Paul Murray, how do we do it? Oh, man. I, You know <laughs> – you know, simple stuff. I think right now they, they just got to go back and sit amongst themselves. And, you know, I, I don't think this is one of those beat down moments of, you know, tell the truth Monday and all the, you know, team meeting. It's just, hey, you know, I, I, I always go, go back to I go. This is a football game. It's a tough game, but it's simple at the same time. And you go back through this game. We were. I was looking at the highlights. I mean, it's it's the little things. And here's the weird part. Remember the one sack we have, and the ball. It's a fumble. It bounced right back into him, the quarterback. I mean, we've got three guys around there. They've got one. They end up getting the football. Um, they fumble the ball again down by the goal line, and it kind of freezes our linebackers because they're thinking, "Oh, I'm going to come up for the the fumble." And because of that, all of a sudden he picks it up and he throws it right over our linebacker's head for a touchdown. There's so many of these little ones. Again, we get third down stops twice down by the goal line. They call pass interference on us. One of them I thought was really bad. Uh, We get an interception. Uh, They take that away from us. So, you know, at some point I just think it's just hopefully that we start getting some of the breaks our way. We do need to play better. we got to play cleaner. You know, Russ talked about it. Just kind of go back to the drawing board and say, Let's just let it loose. Let's just go have fun again, and let's find a way to win a game. Yeah, I, I would agree, too. And I, I think, you know, looking at the Washington football team's stats from this past game, uh, you know, the thing that, that Heineke – is it Heineke? Is that how you say his Heineke, last name? Heineke, yeah. The, I think the thing that helps him be successful is, I mean, their three running backs carried the ball 33 times for 164 yards. That's 4.8 yards a carry. So if they're going to try to run the ball first. So our defense is, has to be up to the task of stopping the run so that it doesn't make this guy effective in his, you know, what, 22 passes that he threw, you know, for 206 yards. He threw three touchdowns with that. So I think we're going to have to come in really stopping the run. And then on offense, man, really, truly, at some point it has to come, has to be more about you and less about them. And that's the thing that, that Paul is saying. It's like I think the things that it can control, like like the only thing I can think of though is this, you know, Paul says these little things is like a death by a thousand cuts. You know what I'm saying? But uh but at some point you have to kind of look at yourself and then see if you're doing the right things that is going to produce better play on offense. I mean on game day. Otherwise there's a disconnect between the truth, the problem, the solution and game day. And so you have to figure out what that disconnect is. Yeah, I think it's just going to come down to going back to the basics. I mean, what was the philosophy when, you know, when Shane Waldron and that offense first got introduced to one another and he said, you know, our philosophy in offense is going to be this. That is what we should do. You know, it's like the what do we used to learn in school, the the acronym, the KISS acronym, keep it simple, stupid, or keep it stupid, simple, or something like that. <laughs> just keep it simple, man. Keep it simple. You know, play loose. And um, 
you know, go back to the basics and, you know, again, whatever the philosophical vision that, you know, Shane and, and, and those guys had for this offense, you know, when they first got introduced to each other, just do that. Do that, and that'll give you your best chance to win on Sunday. Sounds simple. Catch ball. Make tackle. <laughs> make play. Yeah. Kick field goal. Make yeah. field goal. But and it, I, it comes down to just basic football. And, and we, we're simplifying it, but in all the chaos of football, that's what football is. Come on. Right? Do your assignment. Make the play. And I like what you said more. Have fun, man. I don't, I don't see guys having fun out there. Right. I know it's hard to have fun when you're three and seven, but uh, you got to find a way to really enjoy what you're doing. These guys are playing a game that I would assume – 80% of Americans wish they had the opportunity to play. So, hey, we're still behind these dudes. Let's see what they do next week in D.C. against the Washington football team. All right, today's final score, Cardinals 23, Seahawks 13. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible, on-site engineers Zach Davies, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks radio network, NASA Chobie. The Seahawks hit the road. Next week for a showdown with the Washington football team on Monday Night Football. Pre-game coverage begins at 3 p.m. on the Seahawks radio network. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks lose 23-13 to the Cardinals.